Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah, we're just uh, we're still waiting on some test results uh, to come in. Uh, as you've noticed, you know, throughout the media, some things are backed up. So to go from zero tests to 17,000 a week, I think it would have been naive to expect there to be um, no learning curve whatsoever. Um, David, with the DH, are you relieved or are you glad? It's extremely hard. I know that. I'm anxious to see if guys are going to pimp home runs as much and do all kind of stuff as much because there's no fans. Hitting next, number 40, Wilson Contreras. I'm happy that he felt comfortable enough to tweet that. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. I know, I know that singing along with the riff when it's happening from down at the studio and I am here in the Hyundai studios at my house does not time out. I don't care. I just can't help myself because it's baseball season. Here's the thing. I really do believe that for the first time since April, this can be a show today predominantly about baseball, not COVID-19, not labor negotiations. The labor stuff doesn't need to be brought up after those two times I just said the word just now. That's done and shelved for a good long while. We've heard people come into camp and talk about it, dissect it. We had Tom Ricketts on a podcast this week. He talked about it. Uh, That's come and gone. The COVID stuff, we know what hangs over the sport, what hangs over the world. We know the realities. But here's the thing. They're going to play folks. And I think we should have known it last week. I don't, the light bulb didn't really come on for me until Monday or Tuesday. And if you didn't hear me all week, uh, along with Danny Parkin sitting in for Dan McNeil, then you might not have heard when the light bulb went on. And maybe you just heard last week when we kind of toggled back and forth, we tried to sort out what was going to um, be the, the case for the show. Are we going to live in the joy of baseball returning or live in the fear of it going away at any moment? It's not going away. Think of everything that's gone on over the past 10 days. Once you have a big-time star on a big market team, a contender, test positive, and it's troubling and upsetting, but nobody bats an eye. Once you have multiple positive tests on multiple teams, and nobody really bats an eye. Once you have massive testing troubles, and, and, and a couple people bat an eye, but they still keep going. You have opt-outs of consequence from contenders. You have an opt-out from uh, Michael Kopech, which we will certainly discuss. All those things have gone on, but the train keeps rolling. I think we're going to play. And that means it's baseball season, and we are going to talk baseball. And it's time to make sure that you are reminded of what a special year this could 
be in terms of baseball? Let's focus on it. In terms of what we could have. You've got a White Sox team that is absolutely ready to compete, if not contend, and possibly win. They're absolutely ready. The ace is still the ace. Giolito looks great. Renato Lopez came in uh, with, with renewed mental focus. Great, great signs from him. Gio Gonzalez is healthy. Carlos Rodon is, is healthy. Dylan Cease should be ready to take a step forward. There's no Kopech, and that's a bummer. But there are lots of other arms, including one named Bummer. Aaron Bummer, you now heard from these past couple days, one of the best left-handed relievers in the game. To go along with Alex Colomay at the back end of that bullpen. And then there are the bats and all of those position players. And we'll talk about the most exciting player right now. The most exciting thing in all of Chicago baseball in a moment in Luis Robert. But on the other side, you've got a team. Remember, remember, these Cubs are very, very good players. They're all here. Rizzo in incredible shape. Bryant focused and here. Baez in great spirits here. Schwarber hitting the ball well in these scrimmages, these intra-squad scrimmages, and coming off a phenomenal second half last year. Contreras with help at the catcher position, Probably going to be three catchers on the roster, including Josh Fegley. Means every once in a while, Contreras won't have to sit out. He won't even necessarily have to play another position. He could just DH. The DH is going to help the Cubs. It's going to help them quite a bit. All those guys are here with serious motivation that you may have forgotten. They want to be together. They are pissed at the idea of being broken apart before they can complete what they thought was a destiny, and that's to win twice, to win a second time. Angry at the way the front office has not given them extensions. Angry at the trade rumors. That's fine. That's good. Go ahead. Be angry. Be be spiteful at the way the organization has treated you if you must. Whatever works. And now all those players with the added boost of a manager they wanted, a man they missed, a relationship that they missed. And what has been an issue for them over the past year or two? Occasional moments of complacency in a long season as they try to get to the playoffs where they know what matters, where they have experience about what matters. Well, guess what? In a little 60-game season right here, there is no room for complacency. Not one moment and it, that f- helps their manager's message dramatically. Think about it. That's what the manager came in to say and remind them, need you up, need you going, need you on point, every at-bat, every game. Let's go. Now, when every game in a 60-game schedule is the equivalent of 2.7 games of a 162-game schedule, head up, boys. Let's go. Every moment matters. This has an opportunity to be a truly great baseball season. And it's going to start. We're very, very, very close as to when it's going to start. Less than two weeks out from opening day. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Let's talk baseball. Issues for both sides of town. Let's get your thoughts on, uh, on, on your teams. What worries you? What excites you? 
and more. 312-644-6767 is the phone number, and you can also text that way. We'll check in with several people along the way. Our Bruce Levine has been at both Cubs and Sox. We'll talk to him at 10 o'clock. We'll talk to Russ Dorsey, the newly minted Cubs beat writer for the Sun-Times, at 11 o'clock. Our man Chris Kampka will join us uh, to tie the room together like a nice area rug at around 1140. And um, Jack McMullen, who was slated to be working at Fort Wayne in the minor leagues, will talk about the minor league cancellation for us and what has developed into a very wild situation with 40 teams about to be contracted. The entire minor league system is in crisis. You've got kind of a Wild West mentality going on as people chase different assets that those teams will have to give up. So we'll talk about that with Jack at about 1040. And all sorts of stuff going along in conversation. But let's start with the most exciting thing right now in Chicago baseball. Look, in terms of proven minted ballplayers, Javier Baez is the most exciting ballplayer. Bryant is there. Rizzo is there. Tim Anderson is there. Eloy Jimenez with room to grow. Yasmani Grandal has a lot that he has proven so far. But there's very few things. There are very few things in baseball more exciting than a five-tool prospect ready to play and break out. Luis Robert is going to be special. The skill set is special. The athleticism is special. Yesterday, he homered while falling down. So you got a weird and funny reminder about that most exciting thing about Chicago baseball this particular season. He joins a list of guys that I can remember just off the top of my head who have fallen down to the ground as they hit bombs. Adrian Beltre used to do it all the time. You guys remember that? He would go down to one knee. That is more common. I think Rizzo had a homer where he went to one knee and then fell all the way flat. Trevor Story a couple of years ago. Ioannis Cespedes has done it. Reminds me of when guys hit homers when they check swing. Jim Rice did it when I was a kid. But that, that homer that Robert hit yesterday and then falls down is a reminder to focus on what is exciting, the unlimited potential of that guy. Just because he's absurdly strong. And no, uh, falling down when you homer doesn't mean you're going to turn into Adrian Beltre or Anthony Rizzo or any of those other guys that I mentioned. It's just, it's going to be part of the package with Robert is that every once in a while you're going to be like, oh my God, he did what? Add it to the lore. Like certain guys come up and you're like, holy hell, this is a unique individual, a unique athlete, a unique person. Steve Stone was on Inside the Clubhouse yesterday, and we'll talk about Michael Kopech. And Stone, I think, gave you, in the midst of another answer, the distilled version of exactly what has gone on with Michael Kopech. So you'll hear that next segment. But listen to him talk about the unlimited potential of uh, of Luis Robert and how exciting it is for even old baseball salts like Stoney himself. What's fair is the fact that the sky is the limit as far as his ability, but there's a long road before you get great tools and Willie Mays in the same sentence or great tools and Ken Griffey in the same sentence. I mean, first of all, we don't know how strong his mind is going to be. We don't know how fragile or durable he's going to be. So you have to start with great tools, and he has that. That's not going to be a problem because I did watch him in spring training. You know, he's got a magnificent arm. He's very fast. He's big. He's strong. He's got everything you would need. 
he he tortured minor league pitchers. So can he get off quickly? Yeah. I assume he can get off very quickly, and one of the reasons is I don't think the tightness of the breaking ball is going to affect him early in the season. I think he's going to see a lot of fastballs. I think that most hitters will. So if most hitters see a lot of fastballs because guys are really just kind of rounding into shape and they want to make sure that they get their pitches over the plate, if, if it's a fastball-heavy world for Luis Robert up top, yeah. Is that the bad crack from the falling down home run yesterday? That's Tyler Saladino again, but just playing with some sound. <laughs> See, you're just Sean Anderson just reaching for whatever he can get. We're going to have highlights, man. We're going to have highlights very soon of guys calling games with, as we learned on Friday, pumped-in sound from Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball provided every team with a catalog catalog of, of crowd noise, a catalog of sound effects that they can then use how they want. So we'll see who does it better. You're going to see not a uniform approach, but everyone armed with a uniform battery of sound that they can then use. It's going to be really, really interesting. But either way, we're going to have highlights very soon. I watched a slew of highlights on uh, MLB uh, on MLB.com this morning. I guess it was on the MLB app on the smart TV, but really, who's counting? And it's just, it's very weird. Hey, there's Michael and Duhar. Excuse me, Miguel Andujar homering off Garrett Cole. And that one had a broadcaster because the Yankees were doing a broadcast on the Yes Network. There's no crowd, but that was a broadcaster. All the other ones I watched, nothing. In answer to Frank Manichino's question in the open, where he wondered whether guys would pimp home runs as much, guys would show as much emotion, I think they might even do it more. I mean... They're going to have to entertain themselves here. I saw Francisco Lindor homer against his teammate, Mike Clevenger. And as he got towards home plate, he did a somersault. He did a somersault into uh, basically a finished slide at home plate. I don't know, man. It's going to be very, very weird. But it's going to happen. Get ready for it. It's going to happen. So as Stoney talks to you about Luis Robert and the unlimited potential, just remember that this is a guy, many people say he is the best position player prospect in the game. With uh, all due respect, Gavin Lux to Joe Adele of the Angels, who I also saw homered yesterday in a silent highlight scene this morning. But Luis Robert, the best position player prospect in the game, some people say he's the best prospect they have ever seen. The AAA broadcaster for the White Sox, who's been with the organization about 20 years, says that Luis Robert is the best position player prospect he's ever seen in the White Sox organization. That's not hard to imagine. But some other people say he is the best they have ever seen. And you know where he's been hitting in the lineup in these intra-squad scrimmages? Two. Pretty interesting. I think he should hit nine or even eight, just take the pressure off, just show up every day, play center field like a demon, Show off that arm, show off the speed when you do get on, and don't worry about needing to be an impactful part of the offense right away. But hell, maybe the kid is ready to go. Maybe his mindset is ready to go. And maybe if you have him up there in front of one of your best hitters, he'll get even more fastballs. So we'll see. Could be a lot of fun. John Lester talked about the unique aspect to this season 
with 60 games instead of a buck 62 yesterday. Baseball's so weird. You know, you, you run into a team that could be hot. You know, let's just say the Brewers, for instance. You run into them this week during a, during the, a normal 162, and you, don't, you may not play them for another month. And say they're cold then. Now, if a team gets hot, you're playing them a lot, and they can they can mow through this this format in a hurry. So, no, I mean I think if you if you play well and you get off to a good start, that was only going to help you towards the playoffs. And like I said, the trophy's a trophy, a ring's a ring. I'm I'm still fighting for that, and and I don't care if it's 60 games or 190 games or whatever it is. You know, you still have to play well to get to get that trophy. Yeah, you do. And, and remember this. If we do get to that playoffs and get a full playoffs, I do not believe at all that the World Series trophy will feel illegitimate. A 400 batting average will feel illegitimate. Regular season accomplishments, yeah. What are the fewest starts in the history of anyone who's ever won the Cy Young Award for a starting pitcher? If it's a reliever, what are the fewest appearances for anybody who's ever won the Cy Young Award. I mean, the awards are going to be weird. The rate stats, like batting average, are going to be weird. ERA is going to be weird. If somebody beats Bob Gibson's 1.12 ERA, it's illegitimate. But once you get to those playoffs, if it's a full playoffs, the way we know them, the way we have them, you know that's a bit of a crapshoot every year anyway. You know there is a luck factor. You know it's about who gets hot and who does the right things at the right times. And that will feel pretty damn legitimate, especially if it's a team who we suspect might have been there anyway. Man, I'm pumped for this show. I'm pumped for this season. And I hope you are. Because it really feels, for the first time, at least on a Sunday morning, since March, we're getting there. We're getting there. It's going to happen. 312-644-6767 is the number to text. That's also the number to call. The Michael Kopech news was jarring in the late Friday news bump. Tons of theories, but I really do think we know what the reason is. And if you have been allowing your mind to wander or hearing people speculate and still wondering what it is, I think we know what the truth is. And I want to know what you think of that truth. When we come back on Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Strike three called at 101 miles an hour on the outside corner. That's the way you finish off your first inning after two years. That is Michael Kopech. From the spring, 
that one inning in the spring is going to be the only big league action, and it's a spring game, that he will see between September 5th of 2018 and the opening week of the 2021 season, assuming everything is healthy. healthy. That will be more than 900 days between outings in the major leagues. It is a really, really long time. It is a, a, a stunted career. It is an asset that the White Sox will not have at their utility in this short-term 60-game season. He will not get service time. He will not be paid because he is not a high-risk individual in terms of COVID-19. So that means that the White Sox are actually going to have a full season of his service time as opposed to a 60-game stint for his service time. If you want to look at that aspect of it, that can be considered a good thing for the organization at large. And there are a lot of different theories that have bounced around. A lot of different things that have have come up. I've heard some stuff internally during the course of the week. By the way, you're listening to Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score. We heard some things about Kopech um, uh, being unable to find the plate while throwing at home and not feeling comfortable. We heard some other things on Friday. Instagram Instagram uh, inspectors, detectives on Instagram, were, were telling us on Friday, did you hear this stuff? That his wife, Vanessa Morgan, who is an actress and a public person, most known for the show Riverdale, <clears throat> on Instagram, she followed like six different accounts that were all about pregnancy. Okay, this is, this is modern day millennial detective work here. And uh, look, it's, it, it's, it's fascinating. I appreciated it on Friday. So there were people throwing that out there. That, oh, mate, I think she's pregnant. That's what it is. That's why he's doing this. There, of course, before any of that, was speculation about Kopech's mental state because he has been so open about his anxiety and depression. And Lord knows this pandemic has exacerbated those kind of issues for all kinds of people. So it's not hard to imagine. But here's the deal. And I don't know whether this falls into the category of Occam's Razor. You know Occam's Razor? I loved the movie Contact. It's still one of my favorite movies. But Occam's Razor... Uh, is the scientific principle that says um, all things being equal, the simplest answer is probably the best one. Now, maybe in this case and in this uh, in, in this climate, COVID-19 would be the simplest answer, right? But once we kind of hone in on what it is that seems to be the actual reasoning for Kopech missing the year, I find myself thinking about, okay, Maybe that was the simplest answer all along, and we let ourselves run through all these other theories. Uh, I, I want to tell you what I've heard, how it dovetails with what James Fegan wrote at The Athletic, but there was um, a moment yesterday during Steve Stone's interview on Inside the Clubhouse where he kind of, as an aside, as a tangent, in the middle of an answer about pitchers and fastballs and curveballs in this upcoming season, about what's going to be most effective and what he suspects we'll see. Steve Stone, I think, gave us about 45, 50 seconds of purity in terms of why Michael Kopech is opting out of this entire season. 
Plus, one of the things that they have to be aware of, and that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, losing Michael Kopech, although it is a blow for the White Sox, probably the best thing for him, because getting ready as quickly as he can, knowing how long he spent away from the game, it probably, he's better served not not trying to speed things up and get ready to go this year. So, you know, every team will have different challenges. Nobody knows how many people are going to test positive in the course of a season. And understand, if you're laid off for two weeks in a 60-game season, that's 25% of the season. So it's hard to predict who's going to step up, who's not. Maybe it could be as easy as the team has to get lucky in not having the positive tests and injuries to players that they really count on. Because if you're put on a shelf for any reason in a short season, it's devastating. See, here's, here's the way that James Fegan wrote it in The Athletic. And it dovetails with what I've heard as well. Okay? Sources indicate that an abbreviated three-week ramp-up period cast doubt on Kopech's ability to be properly ready for the season that lingering question and the uncertainty about his role in an abbreviated 60-game campaign factored into his decision to pass up what would have been his first season back from Tommy John surgery. So let's think about that. Tommy John surgery is very, very common these days, as is the recovery from it. There is a methodology that is widely used for the recovery from it. It involves certain amounts of innings at a certain amount of time, certain amount of pitches and a ramp up and tender loving care and putting that rehab first, putting the health and well-being of the player first. And if you are the CEO of Michael Kopech Incorporated and you're as smart and as thoughtful as that guy is, you have done your research as to how you should best be used properly to ramp back from Tommy John and maintain health for the bulk of your career and certainly the near future when your earning potential will be greatly affected by your success or lack thereof and your health or lack thereof. And how have we been talking about Michael Kopech in terms of a competitive perspective? Man, what a weapon. How are they going to use him? They can do a couple innings here, a couple innings there. Maybe he's a reliever out of the pen. Michael Kopech wants to be a starter. Michael Michael Kopech, I'm sure, has ideas of exactly how he should be rehabbed to fit the role that he thinks he is best for. I'm sure he and his agent feel that way and have have those conversations. But here we are, and, and baseball strategists from the couch, pundits, and managers are thinking about, man, I gotta be creative here. Do we go to a six-man rotation, a seven-man rotation? Do we piggyback starters? Do I have a swing guy who really gives me a couple innings every three or four days no matter what? Doesn't matter what part of the game. Opportunity here. And who are going to be the players that get utilized in the most creative way? Who are they going to be? The young ones. The under-control ones. The ones with great arms the ones who are not costing you a lot of money and the ones who cannot dictate their own lives and schedules. You think Garrett Cole is going to be used creatively and in some wacky way by the Yankees? You think Strasburg, Scherzer, all those guys are going to be used in some wacky way? No, they're going to be used exactly as they agree to be used. 
and this is absolutely nothing against the White Sox and what their plans might have been for creative usage of Michael Kopech. And maybe they told him, look, we're going to go along with whatever you think. You know, we're going to work with you. It can be, this year can be about development. But guess what? We just spent a whole segment and thinking about this 60-game sprint, this insane sprint, and how the White Sox have as good a shot as anybody. So, boy, the temptation to use Michael Kopech in creative ways, the temptation for himself and his competitive juices to get flowing and allow himself to be used in creative ways is massive. That is not the best thing for his health. And that's why you hear Stoney talk about it that way. That's why you've seen Joel Sherman of the New York Post tweet about it the way that he has. It's why you've just heard me read you how James Fegan talked about it. That this is, uh, this is why Michael Kopech is opting out. And it's not about COVID scares. I mean, that, that can be part of it. That can understandably be part of it. But it's really about health, long-term, and being in charge of Michael Kopech Incorporated. So if we say that that is the reason, okay? If you, if you grant that that is the reason, how do you feel about it, White Sox fans? Is that a man being selfish? Or is that a man doing what's right for his career? Is it both? Does it change at all the way that you feel about Michael Kopech, who you've certainly got to know? It does not change it for me. I know it is damaging to the chances for his team for this 60-game sprint. But I get it. I totally get it. I'm sure there'll be some of you who look at it and think that that is a selfish decision that that man has made. It is a careerist decision that that man has made. When you are young and cheap and you are a commodity, I've already referred to minor leaguers as an asset this morning, this is the way you are going to be dealt with. 670, the score is where you are. Some of you are texting in your theories, your random things that you have heard with assurance. No, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, folks, this is now heard it from several different people on the record, off the record. And this is where we are. That said, it's really, really weird to read what Don Cooper had to say in the Sun-Times yesterday. And I, I, I know it, it crossed yesterday evening. But if this is the case, what I'm just talking about, what I've just given voice to is indeed the case with Michael Kopech, then why is Don Cooper talking about it this way? I don't know what is going on with Michael, but I know he deals with some anxiety and depression. And my thought is, I sure hope he's okay. And I hope he gets to be where he needs to be, where he's feeling good and wants to come back because we will welcome him back with open arms. Now, that is empathetic from Coop. It acknowledges what Kopech has talked about before. And the fact that he has openly discussed anxiety and depression... Um, and, and, you know, but, but, but Coop, if it's, you're giving life to that part of it, you're giving a lot of life to that part of it. When the reasoning that I've heard is not about that. The reasoning that others have heard is not about that. 
So does that throw it back open, or was Don Cooper just not quite as informed as he could have been yesterday when he talked about this stuff? I don't know for sure. It's a little troubling. 312-644-6767. Last time I saw him in spring training, he was in a great place. But let me put it this way. I sure hope the kid is okay. I'm concerned that he is not okay. Got a caller on the line who wants to talk about Kopech and some of this stuff. It's William in Evanston. William, good morning. You're on Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score. Hey, guys. So I'm with you completely. I, I don't understand. If, if Kopech's mental health is the issue right now, why is Don Cooper speaking about it in the way he is? I mean, Kopech's a 25-year-old guy. The last thing he wants to deal with right now, if he's dealing with mental health issues, is Don Cooper talking to the Chicago Sun-Times and speculating on these issues. And the, the only thing I will say is if I were Cooper, Cooper says he wants to hear it from Michael himself and not Michael's camp, which I, I understand I don't necessarily disagree with. If I were Coop, I'd want to have some contact with Michael and know what's going on. But it's absurd, A, to think. I, I would have thought that Don Cooper would be informed of what's going on. Um, but I, I just think the whole situation is really strange. Thanks, William. Yeah, I think these comments are sloppy. And if the reasoning, I mean, it, it was brought up. This is Daryl Van Scowen at the Sun-Times who brought up what I had just told you earlier about Kopech's health and Tommy John and the reasoning for not playing, possible concern of an injury and usage and all of that. Daryl Van Scowen brought that up to Cooper, said, what if that's the reasoning? Because it's about the three-week ramp-up. That would be news to Cooper. I have not heard anything about that, Cooper said. I got nothing to say about that because it's been reported, quote, I want to hear it from Michael's mouth. I don't want to hear it from Michael's camp. All right, so Don Cooper feels like he deserves and wants to hear it from Michael's mouth. Michael's camp and the agent speak, that is, uh, that's not, not good enough for Coop. Yeah, I, th- those, those comments would, uh, would bug me too if I, if I were a White Sox fan because it sounds like Coop is either not as informed as he could be or uh, a little agitated that he hasn't heard it himself from Michael's mouth. That said, White Sox still have enough. They got plenty. And there's guys who are here who you've barely heard about, whether it's Lambert or Stever or Dunning. There's guys like that who are going to possibly factor in to what should be a fascinating season. Bruce Levine at the top of the hour. When we come back on Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score, you'll hear from uh, one of my favorite numbers wonks on why I don't really want to hear what they have to say. Or I'm looking forward to the way that they have no choice but to view this season. You'll hear from him on that. And you'll, we'll talk about, a little bit about whether indeed one of these stars in town could be traded in the midst of a pandemic. That's all next. Bruce Levine at the top of the hour, Russ Dorsey at 11, and much, much more. Keep it right here on 670 The Score. Some butterflies going on inside that body for Josiah. Mickey Betts hits one deep to left field, and that ball is gone. Mookie Betts hits one into the bullpen. It's a 2-0 fastball and puts the home team on the board. Is that yesterday's Dodgers intra-squad scrimmage? 
Joe Davis on the call, I believe, giving you a Mookie Betts home run and silence. It's going to be weird, but it's going to happen. 60 gamers going to happen. And really, when you think about it, it's so odd. It's wonderfully odd. Um, I love the clash of the head and the heart when it comes to baseball. Funny, I just told you that one of my favorite movies is Contact, which is all about the clash between the head and the heart when it comes to religion and space. So I guess there's a tie in there, isn't there? So the clash between the head and the heart, which is very often, oh my God, my team is on fire. I'm so happy. They're totally going to win today. Versus um, that's because their babip is high and they're just kind of having a moment where they're seeing a lot of fastballs. The league will adjust and then they will regress to the mean. They will come back. Uh, remember that moment when I was happy a little while ago? And the joy-killing nature of often true math and sample size arguments is, is something we have to balance, right? Because not all those guys who talk about that are joyless, that's for sure. But sometimes the conversation can be joyless. And there's nothing quite as intangibly awesome as a red-hot baseball team. Really. When like a different person is stepping up every day and it just feels like, man, they're going to find a way. And they do find a way. See? Told you. They were going to find a way. Where's your math for that? Right? Those kind of conversations. We have those all the time. And over 162, the balance is, is usually found where you find spots for all of that. And everybody kind of lives together somewhat uncomfortably at times. If the numbers wonks think you are talking too much about somebody having momentum or having a hot hand. And if if the momentum people feel like you are talking about the numbers too much. Well, guess what? In this little 60-game sprint, all the abstract things are super important. And had the opportunity this week to talk about that with Brian Kenny from MLB Network, who, you know, famously had the tete-a-tete with Hawk Harrelson about TWTW, about the will to win. And Brian had to admit that, yeah, this 60-game season really means that the numbers wonks and the small sample size arguments are weakened during the course of it dramatically. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I've even said that on my show that – um, this season more than ever, like, I mean, kind of the, uh, the reason that baseball statistics have gotten such a hold of us, and which was the case before sabermetrics, by the way. Before sabermetrics even, yes. we loved batting average and, and home runs and RBIs and all these things. We loved ERA. We, we, you know, we're always quoting numbers. We've been, through the history of the game, we've quoted numbers. But that is based on things normalizing, having six months of, of repetition of that batter versus hitter matchup again and again and again and accumulating all this data and that data has a relationship to things that happen on the field. That is much lessened over six months. And even what I was just saying, there's no question that I'm talking about teams that are organized, teams that are committed, teams that have an esprit de corps, teams that are committed to, you know, hey, you know what, stay focused, where veteran leadership, clubhouse leadership in, hey, do not go out, do not leave, you know, our little sphere here, do not get sick, do not risk exposure, stay focused, we have a game tomorrow, that sort of thing, you're absolutely right, will be bigger than ever before, your comportment, your focus, your mission, and your ability. Ability to stay tight as a team. 
See, that's awesome. That is a guy, a very, very smart guy, understanding that here in this very, very short, compressed, insane season, you're going to have to stay focused and stay tight as a team, and that stuff is going to matter. It's part of a manager's job now to ensure the health and safety protocols. It's part of, of your teammates' role now to make sure that you don't go out and go to a bar on the road. Don't do it. Make sure that you wear your mask. Make sure you're around people that are wearing your masks. You have to. You need to. For the betterment of the team, for the quality of the season, for your ability to contend, you have to do the right thing. We talked to Ryan Barucki this week, uh, Nick Shepkowski's cousin, who's a pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. They are up there uh, having finally made it to Toronto. There is that hotel right next to them, right attached in the Sky Dome. That's where they're staying, and they're not allowed to leave because Canada is dealing much more strictly with COVID and has and continues to by the rules of the Quarantine Act, which Canada passed in order to try and control this thing. And at the end of June, they said, let's keep that going through July. A player who gets caught leaving the Sky Dome and the hotel can get fined $750,000 and face the potential for jail time. This is not by the team. This is by the government. (laughs) So think about it. Not only do you have, you know, the peer pressure to stay healthy and keep your team healthy so there's not an outbreak and you're not derailed, but the Blue Jays have the added bonus of a $750,000 fine, potentially. To keep them in there. So, yeah, the trust level within the team is going to be so massive. You're going to have to feel good about what your organization is doing to keep you safe. You're going to have to feel good about what your teammates are doing. Make sure nobody is allowing their Tinder weakness to get the best of them on the road or at home. Can't do that this year. It's just a couple of months, man. It's just a couple of months and then hopefully a postseason. Got to do it. Got to hold your team to it. So that's why, among other reasons, it has felt very odd and uncomfortable and will continue to feel so morally and ethically when thinking about trading somebody in the middle of all this. It's not as simple as when Chris Bryant said, I hope that they wouldn't trade me during a pandemic. But it is more complicated than that. And if you are an organization like the Cubs are, who have treated their players with humanity. They've tried to actually have a connection with the player, to help the player do what's best for them and better themselves in all sorts of different ways. There are obviously very stark examples of that. But if you care about somebody, would you trade them during this? Even if it is in your business best interest. It's a complicated place to be. And Theo Epstein spoke about this in detail on Friday, not just about Chris Bryant, but really just about trading um, anybody during COVID-19. When Chris says that, he's just being a human being, you know, and that's something that's something that we all feel is in, in with everything going on in the world. I think you cherish the few um, constants that you have. You know, there are so many variables and there's so many things we can't control around us that, you know, um, where you work, where you live, who you see every day, those things are are precious to all of us. And so I, I completely get where Chris is coming from. And um, 
Yeah, we've talked about that as a baseball operations group that there are there are extra considerations this year, and, and, and not that we don't consider our players' preferences and 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 their family lives and and their their comfort um, under normal circumstances. It's just one variable of many, and so under these circumstances, I think we feel it is appropriate to 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 weigh that variable. You know, the the real world impact. Of, a, of, of any transaction on a player more heavily than you would under normal circumstances because of the crisis around us and because of the adversity that we're all facing. Now, that said, there are still other variables, lots of other variables that, that are important and, and, and we still have a job to do and it's still in the end a business. But I don't think we'd be, um, you know, displaying the kind of empathy and thoughtfulness and consideration of others that we ask of our players if we wouldn't place a greater emphasis on the human side of any transaction at this point. That said, we're still going to have to release players. We're still going to have to outright players. We're still going to have to option players. And there may come a point where we have to trade players. And that that's the reality of it. But it won't be done without extra consideration of the human factor on the players and their families. Boy, it's it's heavy stuff, right? It's heavy stuff. You're in charge uh, of of a person's life, and you usually do think about that a little. But now, right now, how dearly we all hold the people close to us, the circumstances close to us, the safety of our circumstances. Chris Bryant's not getting dealt this year, people. I, I will be shocked if he is. Absolutely shocked. Some guys will get released. Some guys will get outrighted. These uh, 60-man rosters, a lot of which are not filled all the way to the top, are filled out with some kids that they just kind of wanted to get a look at. But some of the taxi squad guys are going to play. They're going to move up. They're going to be here. They're going to cycle through. There's going to be a lot of aggression in terms of player movement and stuff like that. But I don't know that there'll be a lot of aggression in terms of trading. How, how much do you weigh the business over the personal? Uh, the Cubs sure made it sound like they're going to weigh the personal an awful lot. Text coming in at 312-644-6767. Um, some folks checking in about Michael Kopech and about those Don Cooper comments in the Sun-Times. From Peoria, Matt, disappointing comment by Coop. Just say, I hope he's okay and can't wait until he's back. Yeah, Coop kind of leaned in a little bit. Maybe he's upset that he hasn't heard from Michael himself. Jerry in South Bend, if what you are talking about is true, what you are guessing, it's not just a guess, though, Jerry, but I, I understand. If what you're saying is true, I like Kopech even more than I did before, and that's saying something. So he's cool with Michael Kopech putting his health, putting his long-term usage and income potential and all that, putting that ahead of a very weird, short, odd 60-game season. This text, it is wrong of Cooper to state that Kopech's depression might be causative. It's irresponsible and convenient. You have stated, and I agree, that psych psychological conditions are likely exacerbated by the coronavirus and the quarantine, but his mental state playing some kind of correlative role is not a, not a way to go. It appears he may be still old guard when it comes to mental health. Yeah, it does sound like that. The way that he talked about it, it does sound like that. 
That, that would be unfortunate. But, you know, we'll see. I, I hope that uh, Cooper's as informed as he can be. And um, maybe he will talk about it in a different way if he, he uh, can gets... throw the out of a fastball and and crank the heck out of a breaking ball. Yeah, he sure can. Boy, that's the coop I like. That coop, man. What was that? That was coop with me and Mark Grody. Is that right? Yeah, was... I have the date as June's fourteenth. Oh God, that was the best. Talking about the birds in his house, interrupting. Uh, the conversation so we could talk to his wife. You could hear his wife in the background. He's getting clarity on the birds that he has. Boy, that was great. That's the most fun I've ever had talking to Don Cooper. The strangest and most delightful he's ever been. Speaking of strange and delightful, our man Bruce Levine, the Scores Baseball Insider, will join us next. Also next hour, the fate of minor league baseball, the chaos currently going on in minor league baseball. We'll talk about that with uh, broadcaster Jack McMullen as well next hour. Russ Dorsey from the Sun-Times in one hour right here on 670 The Score.